And now it's time for a letter to Hong Kong with Holden Chow, legislator and vice chairman of the DAB. The following program is a personal view program. This week, the motion of amending rules of procedures was duly tabled in LegCo meeting for debate. As many would agree, most of our LegCo and government work has been forced to drag on due to the filibuster. Cost of construction works have inevitably surged because owing to the delay. Eventually, becomes a price to be paid by the taxpayers. Research has indicated that within a legal term, filibuster has cost almost hundred million dollars in terms of extra effort and workload done in legal alone. That has not included the increased cost to the government works itself. So finally, we embark on the debate of amendment of rules of procedures of legal. Over the past few years, same question has been put forward to us. Given the increasingly acute problem of filibustering, why don't we change the rules of procedures to avert the rules being abused? Indeed, we have long been expecting the change of rules of procedures in response to public demand. However, we don't get a chance to secure the passing of the motion, since the motion on amending the rules. Would require approval from both geographical and functional constituency. Without securing a majority supporting the pro-establishment camp in the geographical constituency, motion would be doomed to fail. This time round, due to pan-democrat legislators' own fault in the old saga, failing to comply with Article 104 of Basic Law in the course of taking oath. Following the judgment handed down by the court, some have left their seats vacated, and as a consequence, we have got an opportunity to obtain majority, supporting pro-establishment in geographical constituency. We ought to make use of this opportunity to pass the motion of change of rules or procedures. In doing so, the abusive behavior done by the opposition would be averted. The pain stemmed from filibuster could be alleviated, if not completely stemmed out. We would resume normal operations in Lesko. Hong Kong would be back on its feet. There has been a false allegation raised by the opposition that we are depriving Lesko's rights to monitor the government. Utterly untrue, misleading. Monitoring the government is one thing. Paralyzing government by filibuster is another. We shouldn't mix them up. All legal members have adequate channels to monitor government's performance. Such rights are guaranteed under the basic law. Opposition should stop misleading the public and making excuse for their own fault in jeopardizing legal operations. Once the rules of procedures are properly amended to avoid the abuse of filibuster. We can move on to deal with other vital issues of Hong Kong, including our economic development, further developing pillar of our economy. Sustaining our city's international status is vital to Hong Kong's economic development. We can't simply take our international status for granted, and being complacent in strengthening our role and edge in this regard. I'm going to discuss two aspects which would enable us to strengthen our international status, as well as to nurture business and job opportunities.
First, it's about the maritime business. According to the report of Finance Services Development Council released earlier this year, the global maritime insurance premium worth an estimated sum of more than two hundred billion, merely zero point six percent out of the total value, has been purchased in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, however, with ten percent of total number of vessels in the world, chosen to be registered at Hong Kong SAR Shipping Registry. Has ranked number four around the world for ship registration, so there is plenty of room for expanding the maritime insurance business here. In fact, the more vessels being registered here flying our flag of Hong Kong SAR, the more additional services would likely be engaged here. A one-stop service would span a wide range of business activities, including ship registration, maritime insurance, to dispute resolution. Plus arbitration too. Although we have long been urging the government to explore new industries to underpin our economy, as opposed to mainly relying on property and financial market, the high-value-added maritime service industry has been overlooked. Hong Kong indeed has the potential to strengthen our role in maritime service industry and compete with Singapore. Who has been very aggressive lately in raising for the leadership within Asia region? The authority in Singapore has been taking active steps to facilitate their work in this connection, including tax reduction and workforce training. Putting tax reduction aside, Hong Kong has been very much lagging behind in facilitating maritime insurance business here. I have had the benefit to discuss the issue. With the business representatives here, the monitoring authority seems to have taken a very restrictive approach while handling cases from maritime insurance institutions. Some of them are claimed protection and indemnity clubs around the world. In a nutshell, red tapes could deter the business from expanding operations here. We have in mind that any unfriendly atmosphere for international business could eventually ruin our city's international status. I would strongly advise the government to review the current operations and see how we could do to facilitate the business development of Hong Kong. Second, apart from the maritime business, Brexit could be another opportunity for Hong Kong. The representative of the Economic Trade Offices attended Lechco Committee meeting earlier on, reported their work to Lechco. Brexit negotiation is due to complete soon. Although the outcome remains to be seen, Hong Kong should be prepared to capture every opportunity arising from the Brexit, namely some favourable trade conditions for Britain in the European Union market may vanish as a result of Brexit. At the same time. British companies might contemplate exploring new business opportunities in Asia and China market. The European Union has been major trading partner of UK. Whether the Asia and China market could become complete substitute for European Union market is debatable. But suffice it to say, there is a potential for British companies to expand their business with Asia and China, and we should make an all-out effort. To welcome these foreign companies to set up offices and headquarters here in Hong Kong, creating job opportunities, and more importantly, this could herald our international status too. 
first phase of Brexit negotiation is supposed to be complete by the end of December this year, and draft Brexit agreement is due to be tabled in spring 2018 for EU Council's discussion. I therefore suggest the government to pay particular attention to the set target dates and keep the public posted about any active steps to be taken when appropriate. We have in mind that Singapore and other cities in mainland will have strong eagerness to compete for business opportunities arising from Brexit. We must equip ourselves in this connection.